You're listening to a special edition of My Safe LA's Fire and Life Safety Podcast, remembering the Northridge earthquake 20 years later. Thank you for joining us for this latest in our series of special My Safe LA Fire and Life Safety Podcasts, remembering the Northridge earthquake 20 years later. My name is Todd Lights. I'm the public information officer for My Safe LA. We're the public education partner of the Los Angeles Fire Department, and I'm joined right now by Steve Owens, who's a retired LAFD fire captain. He was uh, stationed at Fire Station 76 in the Coenga Pass in Hollywood Hills, a 32-year veteran who just recently retired and is actually on uh, the board of My Safe LA. He's a great friend to us, and thank you for joining us, Steve. Uh, thank you for having me here, Todd. It's a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to come and uh, address our fine folks. And this is a very important topic. Obviously, 20 years ago this week, uh, we're, we're actually a day before the uh, earthquake hit uh, right now um, as we record this. Um, Cap, you were actually in quarters uh, when the earthquake hit, like a lot of folks, 4.31 in the morning on January 17th, 1994, you were in bed and, and you were literally uh, jolted out of, out of your bunk, weren't you? Uh, that is correct. I, uh, I remember that day very vividly. Uh, I was just uh, ending uh, my shift, my 24-hour shift, uh, and I was due to get off, of, off, off duty within the next couple of hours. And uh, as I was asleep in bed and the earthquake struck, uh, which was uh, pretty, uh, pretty violent uh, at the time, and almost literally threw me out of the bed. So what was your first... Uh... What was your first move uh, when the the quake hit? Did you did you realize what was going on? Yes, sir. Uh, immediately, I knew exactly what was happening, and of course, my first thought was uh, to uh, to make sure that uh, I wasn't injured in the in the process while the, the quake was active. Uh, so, uh, of course, the first thing I'm looking for is how do I protect myself? And of course, if you think about the uh, the drop cover, our hold on uh, policy. Well, we thought that at the same time. Uh, in my room, uh, unfortunately, there was nowhere to go, <laughs> so uh, I just basically kind of uh, stayed where I was because there was. Nothing that was going to fall on me at that location. Uh, but I will tell you one thing that did concern me was because it was shaking so good, I actually thought and have understood that in sometimes uh, uh, houses and structures can shift and doorways can, can get stuck, uh, things like that. And I, and I know that I had the, uh, and this was prior to us having the earthquake shutoff valve on our gas line that was coming into the fire station. Uh, so I thought about that gas line rupturing, and then I thought about what if my door gets stuck uh, and then there's a fire. I got to kind of start thinking a little bit about how I'm going to get out of here once the, uh, the the shaking stops. So once you guys uh, got yourselves together, and uh, I'm sure everybody was wide awake. Uh, did you guys get a call on the radio to go out and start to survey uh, damage, or did you have a, uh, an emergency call that you had to respond to? Well, uh, what our normal procedure is, is that uh, when we do have an earthquake, uh, uh, everybody's going to take care to make sure that they're not injured, but we will get a, uh, uh, a long ring, if possible, if the, if the system is still up, uh, that uh, our dispatch center will send out the message that we are in what we call emergency earthquake mode. But even if that were not to happen, our normal procedure is that once 
once we feel the earthquake, we automatically go into that, whether we get a, an official notification or not. So once the shaking stopped, then of course we all uh, uh, got together uh, in our designated place, uh, quick survey of the station, uh, got, got all the equipment out of the station just in case that there was another tremor. We wanted to free all of the apparatus and the equipment so that we would be able to respond to any emergencies that needed to be taken care of. That's a really good point because at the time, I mean, we didn't really know, um, you know, some of us who kind of understood earthquakes, we weren't sure if this was the main jolt or this was a foreshock. We, you know, we knew there would be aftershocks and if a, if a building is in degraded mode, uh, it could be further damaged f- uh, from that. Firefighters are, are you know, nor- always ready to jump out of bed at, the, at a moment's notice and so they got their boots right next to them. But we know that a lot of folks jumped out of bed and hurt themselves, uh, you know, on broken glass and things like that. Um, so what, what do you remember most about that morning initially when you first, you know, once you guys made sure that everything at the firehouse was okay and, and you guys were all set up to do what you needed to do, uh, what did you see when you first went outside and, and, uh, maybe responded to a call or, or, or went out to survey? Well, it was a, it was kind of surreal because of course it was still dark at the time. So you really couldn't see very much. Uh, and of course, at that time of morning, there wasn't a lot of uh, activity as far as uh, traffic or uh, or people walking around. Uh, it was just pretty pretty deserted. Uh, very it was very quiet. I do remember that it was very quiet. Um, but as we get, as we went out and got all the apparatus out of the station, part of our procedure is that once we determine that our personnel are okay. Uh, our station is uh, okay and our apparatus has been freed and we're ready to respond, then we have pre-designated routes that we actually drive through our districts uh, to make sure that our district is okay or if anybody needs help that we can get there uh, fairly rapidly. Uh, taking into account that uh, different different districts are different, but in my district, you know, we had a multitude of uh, overpasses from the freeway. Uh, we had large condominium complexes. Uh, I had a, a a reservoir in my in my district that that could have ruptured. Uh, we have a high power tri- transmission lines, so we had a myriad of things that could have uh, gone wrong in the district. And so part of our responsibility was to start patrolling to find out where are the problems in the uh, in our district. Uh, so that's what we're thinking about is, is, is taking care of where we're going to be, be able to do the most good. But one of the biggest things that I was concerned about was I have a family myself and my crew has a family themselves. So not only am I uh, concerned about the citizens that we serve, but I'm concerned about uh, my own personal family and the family of my crew members who I know are very, uh, 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 they're very worried about their families as well. Where, where was your family at the time? My family uh, was uh, li- all at home uh, and I live about uh, uh, an hour away north up in the Antelope Valley. Uh, so they were quite a ways away, but still you have no idea if where the epicenter was, were we getting just the uh, the residual effect of it and it was actually greater somewhere else or was it the greatest here? You don't know that. So until you find out that information, and that's always uh, in any answer that you go to, uh, there's always a period of time where you don't have all the information. So you just have to wait until that begins to filter in. So what's what was your biggest takeaway after after going through that? It, it it sounds to me from what you're saying that you, your your immediate district that uh, 76 is covers wasn't heavily affected by you know there were no overpasses uh, that that crumbled as far mm-hmm. as to my knowledge. Yes. Mm-hmm. What was the thing that really 
stuck with you or, or really really hit you that morning like oh my goodness this is a major uh, a major disaster well well because as you say because i didn't have any visible uh, uh catastrophic type of, of failures like uh, a uh, and we have many hillside homes in my district i didn't have any of those sliding although although that did occur uh we didn't have that in my district uh, you saw a couple of chimneys that had fallen down uh but nothing major uh, and it wasn't long after we had done our district that we have to give a report as to what the general condition of our district is, uh, that I was actually, my company was actually sent to a staging area uh, in the San Fernando Valley because it appeared that they had suffered the brunt of the, the devastation. Uh, so they were trying to get as many resources into that area as they could. Yeah. You know, and another uh, interesting point here is, you know, earthquakes strike without warning. Yes. This one happened to hit at 4.30 in the morning when most people, most uh, were in bed. Um, and uh, it was also a holiday. It was MLK Day. So, um, you know, you figure that on a, on a normal day with lots of people at work and, and traffic going on, you know, uh, that, that the situation could have been quite a bit different. But in this case... It hit, and a lot of people were at home, and a lot of the damage was at people's homes. The Northridge Meadows mm-hmm. apartment complex uh, collapsed. Um, you know, overpasses uh, collapsed down on the 10 freeway, the, the Antelope Valley freeway that you probably would have been driving home on in a few hours. Yes. Uh, that, that uh, you know, that skyway uh, went down. Yes. And a, I believe a motor officer yes. uh, flew right off of that thing during the earthquake. That, that, I mean, is, that is correct. So... I mean, it, it, it just really drives, to me, it really just drives home the point that they can strike at any moment, at any time, and we have to be ready to survive uh, just about anywhere we might be. One could hit right now where we're sitting, or it could be in the, in the middle of the night when we're in bed, or it could be while we're driving in our car. And that's, uh, that's kind of a scary prospect. And any tips that you have for folks about uh, about thinking about that type of thing and, and being ready to uh, ready to survive? Well, I think you hit the nail right on the head, Todd. Is that preparedness is the key because we don't know when the, when it will strike. You have to be ready for it when it does, and you have to be ready to respond. Uh, not only to think about it, but actually be prepared to actually take some kind of action. Uh, you mentioned that uh, as far as the firefighters, that you know we had the shaking and you know we jump into our boots. Well, I know that me personally, when I'm at home, uh, I keep shoes by my bed. I keep a flashlight by my bed just in case something like that should happen. Uh, I don't have to go looking around for them. I, I've already thought about it. My family knows that hey, this is what we need to do. Uh, uh, take care of yourself. But when after the the initial effects are over, then you're going to have to deal with the aftermath. So we have to think about those things before that happens. Um, that was one thing that was of comfort to me uh, while at the period that I didn't know what had happened to my family was I did know that we had talked about some things that needed to be done should an earthquake strike. What are we going to do uh, to protect ourselves, uh, not only during the earthquake, but in the aftermath? Uh they had already been not trained to the point of a, of a firefighter, but we had had our own family training. Uh, we had things set up uh, for, for long term, not only for days with water and food and that kind of thing, but just immediately uh, 
like I said, shoes by the bed, uh, uh, flashlight available, uh, everybody uh, having a place that you can meet, uh, who, knowing how to turn off the gas, knowing how to turn off the electricity, knowing how to turn off the water, uh, things of, of that nature, as, uh, uh, because you never know how big it is or uh, to what magnitude you're going to have to respond to an immediate threat. Uh, we were to say, for instance, one of the places I responded to that day was the Veterans Administration Hospital in Sepulveda. And when I responded, I only had uh, because the resources were so thin. Uh, I, as a single engine company with only four people on it, we went to this huge Veterans Administration complex having no idea we just knew that they had a problem so when we arrived one of the the six-story buildings uh had suffered some pretty significant damage and actually uh, it appeared like one of the wings was about to just to fall off the thing uh all of the the the, the hospital staff had uh, most of the people outside and they were standing right next to the building uh and so when i rolled up of course I said hey well we got to get everybody away from the building uh but there were still people inside the building not to mention that one of the wings or one of the floors was the floor that they had the life support unit on it. So they couldn't move, but they were still in and things were happening. Like there was some flooding going on. Uh, the the uh, things were being strewn about. So we started having to take care of those issues, getting the water turned off, uh, getting electricity turned off, uh, and then making arrangements to try to get the people who couldn't move very quickly uh, to coordinate getting them out. So that that all those things happen like right now, uh, but if you have some idea about uh, what you could face before it happens, it makes a tremendous amount of difference uh, rather than trying to think of all those things at once. One of the big uh, themes of this year's uh, Great California Shakeout was fire following earthquake, and as a firefighter um, who's got quite a bit of experience with fire, um, talk to us a little bit about what we should think about. When it comes to okay, so if the if the jolt doesn't get you, um, but you know we know gas lines can rupture, we know um, uh, water heaters can can fall over and 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 the gas line can break and things like that. What should folks at home think about for their own safety um, to avoid a fire following an earthquake? When when it hit and I was in my bed at the fire station. That was the first thing that I thought about was this gas. I was going to have a, a gas leak and I was going to have a fire. And then would I be able to get out of here uh, if the door is uh, jammed and you can't? Well, that already formulated. Well, you know what? I'm going I'm getting out of here some way. Either I'm going to breach this wall or I'm going to do this. But I'm thinking about different escape routes. Uh, but that was something that ha- I had already thought about to be honest with you, should that happen and that uh, I can't get out, how am I going to get out? So you think about those things. But uh, uh, I think being able to recognize what you can do and what you can't do, because sometimes you may want to do something and you may take on a little bit more than than, than is capable for you and you put yourself in a position of, 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 of danger trying to stop something when it might be beyond uh, but some basic things like knowing how to turn off your gas should you have a uh, uh, a, uh, a fire, having fire extinguishers uh, available because uh, you know you may not have water. You can say, "Well, I'll just get the water and I'll put the fire out." Well, your water, the, the water mains may be damaged. You may not have any water. Have a fire extinguisher there, a multi-purpose fire extinguisher, and know how to use it so that in case you do need to just quickly be able to uh, to, uh, to to subdue, maybe not even put it out all the way, but at least knock it down enough so that if somebody needs to get out of the place that you can because that's the most important thing is to preserve the life first and then to worry about the property 
subsequent to that. Excellent point. And, you know, you mentioned that uh, you got to know your limitations. And is there, uh, you know, and a lot of a lot of folks that don't have uh, experience with with fires might not know when a fire has grown to a stage where, you know what, this this is a little too big for me. And obviously my my own life and the safety of my family comes first. Is there like a, a, I don't know, a paradigm for you that, that says, okay, this, this particular fire is, is too big uh, for any person to handle with a fire extinguisher or a little hose? Well, uh, unfortunately, no, there is no real uh, gauge that you can look at and say in every situation that, you know, either this is too much or this is, is not too much. Uh, I just think that uh, as you are preparing and you're looking at what you what you need to do, I think you kind of start to kind of get to a place where you're comfortable or you're uncomfortable. Because I think we all have certain things that uh, uh, that are just innate within us when we start to do things. You, you get feelings about things a lot of times uh, that, ooh, this is not good. Uh, and you may not know nothing, but you know this is not good. Sometimes you'll get those feelings. Uh, um and depending on what's going on, you know, if you have a loved one that's right there, sometimes we'll, you override that and say, you know, I know it's not good, but I got to get them out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's something where uh, someone is, uh, someone's life is not threatened and we know that our homes are precious to us, we know we have valuable documents, uh, but if the fire is getting to a point where it's so big and, it's, and, and, and that's something where when you, when you look at a fire and, uh, uh, and, it, and it's not very big. I, I, I think everybody has a pretty general idea of, you know, hey, I can put use a fire extinguisher. But once it starts really getting out of control and, and you begin to feel the heat, you know, you, you aren't going to be able to get very close to it. Uh, but just don't get yourself in a position where you get trapped trying to put out a fire. Then you can't get out. And then the fire overwhelms whatever resource you have. Your little extinguisher doesn't work or it, it, you use it all up and the fire is still going. And now your escape route is, is, uh, has been compromised. And now you're trapped in there. Uh, you would hate to become a casualty of trying to save your house uh, because it's not worth that. It's worth getting all the people out. And if you can do something safely, particularly in this case, because you may not get any help for a while. And I know your your, your home is, is your home and, and everybody loves their home, but it's not worth losing your life over. That's very well said, sir. Back then, 20 years ago, when the Northridge earthquake hit, we, a lot of us didn't know that um, we needed to shut off our gas valves, or we had, we had to think about that kind of thing. I also know that some people uh, in some smaller earthquakes did shut off their gas valves, and then they couldn't get the gas company back out there to turn them back on for, for weeks. Is, is there a point at which um, you have to, you just, you must turn off your, off your gas valve? These days, now we have the earthquake shutoff valves that are, you know they'll shut them off automatically for you. Uh, but you do want to make sure that the the valve is is is, is, is shut off. Uh, but if you do shut it off, don't turn it back on because now when you turn it back on, you don't know to what extent there is some damage along the line where you may have a leak and is and if and we would uh, you would hate to have an incident after everything is said and done and now everybody's safe the house is safe everything's okay and then you go turn the line the the gas back on and there's a leak that you don't know about and then all of a sudden it hits a, a an ignition source and then you burn your house down and this is after the earthquake and everything is is safe so once once you actually if you have to turn it off and uh uh and it's a good idea to 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 do that particularly in a significant uh, uh event 
that if you do turn it off, just be patient and allow the professionals to come in to, to turn it back on for you. Because most people don't realize that there are pilots in, in their stoves and, pi- and, and in hot water heaters that when you do turn it back on, if, if you don't know what you're doing and all the places that the gas can't escape, even places that you might not see underground, uh, in the walls, uh, where there may have been a, a rupture of your line that you're not aware of, uh, that could present a problem for you. Yeah, especially up in your uh, attic or crawl space where That's you've got right. a forced air heater or something like that with a pilot light. Yeah. Yes, sir. All excellent points. Uh, Cap Nolans, um, if you had you know one message that you wanted to put out to the people of Los Angeles and Southern California, this is earthquake country yes. after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, 97% chance that uh, a major damaging earthquake is going to hit within the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's within uh, our lifetime, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> You know, hopefully we live that long. But um, you know, most young people haven't even experienced a, a major damaging earthquake. If if you're under twenty, you don't even remember anything but a little tremor, basically. So, what would be the message from you, from your experience, your perspective as a, as a longtime firefighter? What would you tell folks? Well, uh, I, I would say that uh, recalling back in the seventy one earthquake of Silmar, uh, I wasn't even on the fire department. I was actually still in school. And uh, when that struck, uh, uh, I remember that I had no idea what was going on. Uh, had never even thought about earthquakes at that time. Uh, since then, of course, it's been about uh, uh, educating myself and being prepared. I think what your, your point is very valid that the longer we go without an earthquake occurring, that the, the more comfortable we get, uh, maybe a little more complacent that we get. Uh, I would say that what you're saying is absolutely correct, that it is going to happen. Not not if it's going to happen, it will happen. We have to keep our awareness level and our preparedness level and our thought level to to that level that it will it will occur. And we have to be prepared for not only a minor quake, but a but a a significant earthquake. And so in that regard, when we make sure that we've done all the things that we can do to handle not only the earthquake itself, but the disaster that will occur after the earthquake. Please don't forget that, that um, you got to be able to take care of yourself because you may not get the help that you're accustomed to getting in normal times. When you pick up and dial 911, uh, the fire department, the police department are, are, are there almost instantaneously. That may not occur. You may be on your own, so you need to be prepared to deal with that and also to think about the community in which that, that you live, that we want to have the thought that I'm concerned about my family, but I'm also concerned about my fellow man. Thank you so much for your perspective and your expertise. Uh, retired LAFD Fire Captain Steve Owens. Steve-O, um, really appreciate uh, your, your, your insight here today. Uh, you've been listening to a My Safe LA special podcast, Fire and Life Safety. We're remembering Northridge earthquake 20 years, and I think it's incumbent upon all of us who lived through that uh, difficult day and the aftermath to make sure that we let folks know uh, that it can and it will uh, happen here once again. So stay tuned for another in this ongoing series of uh, My Safe LA Fire and Life Safety Podcasts, um, remembering Northridge Earthquake 20 years ago. I'm Todd Lights. Uh, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to a My Safe LA Fire and Life Safety Podcast. My Safe LA is the public education partner of the Los Angeles Fire Department. Visit us at mysafela.org and lafd.org.